BJ Bennett, glad to be here with you on the southernpigskin.com SEC podcast. In for Jim Johnson this week. And to my left, former Florida Gator, first team All American, tight end Ben Troop. Ben, what's up, man? Always doing good, man. Um, you know, I'm happy to be on talking about these good SEC and them Georgia Bulldogs ranked number one. Well, and I think that's where we got to start here is with the dogs. And Georgia's number one in the college football playoff poll. Alabama is number two. I'm sure somewhere Nick Saban is just fuming mad. But I want to start there. Do you think that was the right call by the committee? Because I do. Mm -hmm. Georgia's resume is better. They beat Mississippi State by four touchdowns. They won at Notre Dame most specifically. I don't know what Alabama's best win is right now. Now, granted, this is a fluid situation. It could change moving forward. But I think the committee got it right. Do you, sir? I definitely think they got it right. When you look at the fact that their best win right now is against Notre Dame, which is a hard-fought win. You know, uh, 2019, and the fact that uh, how embarrassing they made Florida look. I'm not saying Florida's the same team as it been, you know, of years before, but at one point it was 42 to zero. We thought Mississippi State coming into Athens was going to be a good game. Made them look mediocre. So I think eight weeks into the season, they've dominated the best team on their schedule. They fought hard with the freshman court, true freshman quarterback in from. So I, yeah, I think right now they got it right. Listen, Alabama. Alabama's uh, worst enemy is themselves. We just expect them to be at the top. But every one of these games have been a little lackluster because they've dominated them all, but they haven't played anybody, you know, up to Notre Dame's caliber, up to Mississippi State's caliber. So, yes, eight weeks in, first college football playoff, Georgia should be ranked number one. And here's the thing. This is relatively newfound territory for the Dogs, who have a second-year head coach, a first-year quarterback. You've, of course, dealt with expectations when you played at UF. Is Georgia ready with this team this soon to enter a college football Saturday as number one in the country? Is that a little bit different when all eyes are on you? It is different when all eyes are on you. You, you, go, from the, uh, you go from the hunter to the hunted. Uh, you go from the predator to the prey. But I think if they didn't have Kirby Smart at the helm and, and he isn't trying to just model his entire uh, universe, entire football team like Alabama, I think they would be in trouble. But since they got Kirby Smart at the helm and he's not going to let them get too high and too low, uh, he's going to let them guys kind of stay in the middle, let them understand that, look, up, we, we've earned a number one spot in the first college football rankings, but up until now we haven't done anything noteworthy. So let's go out and do what we've always done, take the day-to-day, uh, week-to-week approach, and let's go out there and try to get a big win because if, I say a big if, if we lay an egg and lose now, it's all going to be for naught. And Georgia – laid the beat down on, on, on Florida, just, yes. just manhandled the Gators. So think about this. You're coming off of the huge win. You're riding high. You're number one in the country. Now you have a pesky South Carolina team coming to town, quietly 6-2. and two. Do you think this is a close game on Saturday, or is Georgia just a well-oiled machine and too much for the Gamecocks? I see it being close for maybe two-and-a-half quarters, and I, I see uh, South Carolina running out of gas. I think Will Muschamp is looking forward to playing Georgia because, like you say, 6-2. and two. South Carolina finds a way to get a – Huge upset win against Georgia. Well, it looks a lot different if that happens. And then Georgia lays an egg against Auburn. Guess who's going to the SEC championship game? That will be South Carolina. So South Carolina still has something to play for. Will Muschamp, remember his days at Florida as a head coach, are going up against a, you know, a rowdy bunch, even though they was getting coached by Mark Ritz. So I think the Muschamp is kind of taking the approach of, look, let's go out there and play the spoiler. Let's see if we can go out there and make a game of it. But, when I think about that South Carolina offense versus that Georgia defense that has just been suffocating, I see it being a game, but too much, too much of Georgia in the end. And I'm a big fan of Jake Bentley, the quarterback for South Carolina. The kid is 
got a live arm. He's poised. He can make all the throws. But I wonder how else is South Carolina going to find success in this game? I think Georgia at the line of scrimmage is better. Yeah. Georgia's defense will ultimately get after you, either forcing a turnover or, or just pressuring the quarterback, relentless attacking style. So I'm with you. I think I think Georgia is close for a while, but I think Georgia is just, just better all the way around. We go from number one Georgia to number two mm. Alabama. Doesn't that sound That's crazy? And it's amazing. Alabama LSU used to be one of the defining games yes. every year in college football. Yes. Now, even though LSU's six and two and, and ranked in the top twenty, it doesn't feel like we're in for a game on Saturday. Can Coach O and LSU come to Tuscaloosa and make it interesting? It, it depends on it depends on if guys can get going. I mean, I'm you know I know that uh, a year ago you know they were able to shut down Leonard Fournette, who was obviously the best running back in the country. Guys is a guy that's not too far behind as far as talent. I know we still. You know, waiting on that uh, that new and improved LSU offense to show up, but I think because Alabama, why they're gonna say they're not looking at the rankings, they they're not they don't care about where they are and they don't use this motivation. Nick Saban is gonna go out there and leave no doubt why we should we in his mind they are the number one team, but they're gonna go out there and show it. Should be a good game because LSU finds a way to play Alabama close, but Alabama man, the way they the way that defense has been playing and. You know, Jalen Hurst and that, that running game. So I just see it being too much Alabama. LSU is going to try to make a game of it. But when you can't throw the football, and, and you say that you can't beat Alabama playing Alabama football. You can't just run the fo- football on offense, try to get to, you know, manageable third downs or try to dink and dunk. I think you're playing right into the hands of that uh, Nick Saban-led uh, Alabama defense. So I'm going to go Alabama. It's going to probably blow them away. But, you know, Nick Saban, that post-game press conference. Man, I feel bad for those uh, – those reporters, because they're going to be asking them about the game, and they're probably going to win probably by 20, and you're going to think they just lost. I wouldn't want to play Alabama this week. <laughs> they're no. coming off of a bye, yes. and they're number two in the country, not number one. I respect LSU as a program, certainly very, very good. You have athletes. I think they'll be fired up, but how long can that sustain you? And I'm with you. I think the matchup to watch here is Darius Geis against Alabama's rush defense. Alabama leads the rush de- uh, leads the nation in rush defense for the third consecutive season, mm. and they've given up just two touchdowns on the ground this fall. Here's some two, numbers for you, Ben. Touchdowns. Two. Five of Alabama's last eight opponents did not reach 65 yards rushing. Wow. A couple of weeks ago, Arkansas, you think about Brett Bielema, that's a power ground team. They ran 29 times for 27 yards. Wow. Going back to early October of 2013, the Crimson Tide have held their last 33 opponents to less than four yards per carry. And Geis is a monster. Last, is. last week he went for 276 over wow. Ole Miss. And in doing that, he became the first player in SEC history with three career 250-yard games. So he's a monster, and this will be his first game as a he's showcase. He's a monster against teams that's not named Alabama. Well, as a showcase back, yeah, yes. against Alabama. But good luck in this one, man. Alabama is just shutting people down. The last LSU running back to get 100 yards against the Crimson Tide, Jeremy Hill in 2012. Ooh. So it can happen. But also, I don't see it happen. Once in a blue moon, I guess. <laughs> so LSU and Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That's a night game on CBS. Okay. So should be a great so scene. They, still, they, st- they are still showing uh, love to the to the rivalry, even though it hasn't been much of that as of late. That's right. BJ Bennett, Ben Troop here with you on the SouthernPigskin.com SEC podcast. All right, it's been an interesting couple of weeks for your Gators. Florida's at Missouri. Missouri's not good. But neither is Florida. Well, Randy Shannon, who... I think is a revered coach, great man, takes over for the Gators in in the interim role. 
Malik Zaire is going to get the start. The Notre Dame transfer, not Felipe Franks. What are your thoughts on the quarterback change here in November? Well, I can understand Randy Shannon, uh, Randy Shannon coming in, trying to you know trying to give guys kind of like a clean slate. Like, listen, that we, you know the must champ. I'm sorry, the, uh, the McElwain era is over. Let's let's try to move forward. Let's try to make a. I've never really understood open competitions during the season. How many how many how many practices are you going to get? But listen, uh, Malik Zaire went out there and uh, you know he out he uh, he out uh, he outplayed um Felipe Franks in practice. I mean, you got to go with the guy that I guess has a high hand, has more rhythm with the offense. Hopefully that bowls well moving forward when they go up to Mizzou to play. While Mizzou is not a good team, neither is Florida. While Mizzou can actually move the ball on offense, Florida has shown that it cannot. Florida still has a good defense despite what we saw in Jacksonville last Saturday. But, I mean, I, it's still a head-scratcher because until Doug Nussmeyer and that offense can move forward consistently, I don't think it's going to matter who you got at quarterback, but I do believe that they are doing Felipe Franks a disservice because he's the one quarterback in college football that will never develop because it's too wishy-washy with him pulling them all the time. He gets pulled. Listen, the man gets pulled more than a than a starting pitcher in the World Series that played for the Dodgers. I ain't never seen nothing <laughs> like it. Well, I mean, what does this do to his psychology? Because I would imagine, and who knows if Franks is the quarterback of the future for Florida, but whoever that is, yes. you're going to have to let them have ups and downs, yes. right? Yes, and, and ups and downs are a part of the game. It's almost like... Do you expect me to be perfect? Well, let's see. Most of the season, I didn't have Callaway. Then Tyree Cleveland goes down. Then, then Tony goes down. So you got me playing with a bunch of guys that aren't starters, that are fill-ins. And then you don't even – the one thing a quarterback needs bigger than having rapport with his uh, skilled players, he needs rapport with the offensive line. They need to know how does he get out in – you know, how does he get – you know, step up in the pocket? How does he get outside the pocket? How does he make his reads? How do we, you know, give him some – you know, give him a uh, – a clean pocket to throw in. Malik Zaire is a guy that, in my opinion, it's a, he's at a disadvantage to the offense because he can make plays with his legs. And he'd be looking to run way too much, and he's a lefty. That, that Those type of things matter because now the right tackle has all the pressure on him and not the left tackle. So do you move the right tackle over to the left side, vice versa? So I think while, you know, I think you have to just let – football is one of those games you got to just let it play out. I do think that – you know, Malik Zaire, how quick of a hook is he going to have if he doesn't play well against a Missouri defense that's not good, but against a Florida offense that's even worse? Well, and, and Missouri can score. Drew Locke slinging that thing. Uh, J-Mom Moore putting up big-time numbers. So we will see how that plays out. Some other games of interest in the SEC. Uh, Tennessee taking on Southern Miss at home. We saw Jim McElwain get the hook. Yes. Are you surprised? Surprise, kind of. Butch Jones is still around. I am, and I'm trying to understand what their psyche is. Like, what what are we trying to do? Are we trying to just keep the rapport of the team? Do we not want the distraction of players having to answer questions about their head coach being fired during the season as if they're not being asked about how many more days do you think your coach is going to be here? So I think why wait for the inevitable when the quicker you get rid of Butch, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm in favor of him getting let go, but it, it is going to happen, the quicker you can start your coaching search. So I – I just don't understand the cycle going going down up there in Knoxville. But, I mean, hey, maybe they know something we don't. Auburn is at Texas A&M. Auburn has moved back into the national top 15. Yes. They, of course, will have a shot against Georgia, yep. a shot against Alabama, yep. the top two teams in the country. Do you buy Auburn as a team? And if Auburn wins out, they yep. will be in the SEC championship. Could it, it be an Auburn-South Carolina SEC championship? Game? That would be nuts. <laughs> Do you buy Auburn as a team that – not only can win this weekend at Texas A&M, but 
can be right there with Georgia and Alabama. I do, I do. I mean, I know everybody keep going back to the loss that they had against LSU, but listen, LSU, everybody, you know, LSU is still a good, a good program. But I am buying what Auburn is trying to do. They got a good run game. I mean, Gus Malzahn is still, you know, making his presence felt in the SEC. I think Auburn is a team that can definitely put a lot of pressure, on, in my opinion, on Georgia and on Alabama. Will they beat them? You know, that's yet to be seen. But I still think they uh, have a solid offense. Got a good defense. Not a lot of big names on their defense, but they play well as a unit. So I think, yeah, Auburn is still a team to be reckoned with. I mean, they've only lost two games. They still got some big games coming up. But, yeah, if anybody can beat Georgia or put pressure on them, I think it's Auburn. If anybody can possibly put some pressure on Alabama, it's Auburn. But uh, the Iron Bowl is always good. And I hope, to, and, you know, even though it's going to be the last game of the year, I think it should be exciting. And as we settle into November, such is life in the SEC, like, Five, six, seven coaches on the hot seat. I mean, every game has hot seat implications and your full schedule. Auburn at Texas A&M. Mississippi State will host UMass. Florida at Missouri. Vanderbilt at home against Western Kentucky. Top-ranked Georgia welcoming South Carolina to town. Kentucky at 6-2 and two, hosting Ole Miss. Arkansas will host Coastal Carolina. Tennessee at home against Southern Miss. And the nightcap, Alabama at number two in the country will welcome LSU to Tuscaloosa. B.J. Bennett, Ben Troop here with you on the southernpigskin.com SEC podcast. We'll have Jim Johnson back here with you next week. Ben, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Enjoy the college football weekend.